You know, for the most part, I think people find me boring to talk to. Partly because I tend to mess up everything that I touch. And because I mess up so frequently, when people criticize me, it leaves me with feelings of devastation. And when I look at my life and I see so much criticism and so much devastation, I really have a hard time believing that anybody could ever love me. And if somebody actually did take that chance and love me, man, I better prove my worth because odds are it's not going to happen again because I'm a screw-up. I'm a failure. And there's a good chance that I'm never going to amount to anything or to anyone significant. You know, these are the thoughts that constantly went through my head when I was in college. And if I'm being honest, some of them, they still rattle around in my head even to this day. And when those thoughts start to enter into my head, they just make me feel weak. They make me feel powerless. Kill my self-esteem and just make me feel inadequate to take on life. I don't know about you, but maybe you can relate to some of those feelings this morning. Maybe you remember a time when you had those thoughts enter into your heads and you felt that same weakness, that same inadequacy for whatever the task at hand may have been. You know, Moses was no stranger to this feeling either. Moses really struggled with his low self-esteem, with his feelings of inadequacy. And this amazing turn of events, God calls Moses and gives him a very important job to do. And at first he's excited, but as soon as he hears what the job is, he takes one look in the mirror and he deems himself unworthy. He says, I'm not the right person for this job, God. I'm inadequate. I'm a failure. I'm a screw up. You shouldn't use me. And as we start to read through Exodus chapter two and three, which is where we're going to be this morning. So I encourage you to open your Bibles there or follow along with the screen when they pop up. But as we read through the book of Exodus, it's pretty easy for us to identify where his feelings of low self-esteem, where Moses, his feelings of inadequacy actually come from. And what's ironic is we start to look at them. I notice they look a lot like mine too that I feel the same things that Moses feels. And I can relate to him deeper than I thought that I could. You see, for Moses, the first place that his feelings of low self-esteem came from was from his feelings of past actions in his life. His past is what gave him a feeling of inadequacy. Take a look at this in Exodus chapter two, starting in verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian being beaten by a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and he saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. You see, Moses felt despair about his future because he remembered the pain of his past actions. See, Moses had great sympathy and pity for his people. Day in and day out, he watched as they were relentlessly being beaten over and over and over again. 
And somewhere in his heart, he said, man, I can't let this fly. I got to stop this. I got to do whatever it takes. You see, sympathy and pity, they can be both our best and our worst traits in our life. For Moses, they led to these right feelings. The feeling that I can't let this justice go unanswered, but it led to the wrong course of action in how he answered it. And Moses chose Moses made an action. Looking this way and that, he kills the Hebrew and buries him in the sand. And this is a horrific event. And it probably left Moses with these feelings of doubt, of worry, of fear, and a lot of anxiety as he would have to run for his life shortly. He'd have to flee. See, folks, the truth is that we too can experience pain and despair about our future because of something that's happened in our past. Our past actions, our past failures, they can be pretty significant. For Moses, they sure were. And when God called him and said, hey, Moses, I want you to be a leader. I have a special job for you. I'm going to call you to lead my people, and I want you to be the person to do it. Moses is like, whoa, wait a second. No. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? I killed a man. Not only that, I buried his body in the sand thinking I could cover over my sin. And when it became exposed, man, I unraveled at the seams. I panicked and I ran for my life. You want to use me? I'm a screw up. I'm a failure. I don't even trust myself anymore. But God still called him. God looked at Moses and said, Moses, you are the one that I want to use. You are the one I want to be my leader. You see, a lot of time, our past actions, our past failures, they make us feel powerless. They hold us back, making us feel like we have no power to control what we do inside of our lives. But friends, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't matter how badly you've messed up in the past. It doesn't matter what your past failures may have looked like. God can still use it to do something amazing. God can still use them to do something amazing through you. And that's exactly what he's going to do for Moses. You know, and I can relate to this personally. When I was in college, I had a moment of weakness. And I actually got caught in telling a lie. And I watched over the course of the next week as everything in my life unraveled at the seams. My friendships, my schooling, my work, my relationships, everything came crumbling down around me. And I remember feeling this feeling of pain and hurt. Not necessarily by the institutions that I was involved with, but by friends, so-called friends who said that they would be there with me through thick and thin, who would help me in my hard moments, who just seemed to disappear in my moment of need. I felt betrayed by the consequences of my own actions. But what I learned as I went through some counseling and I I learned to forgive myself and move past it, but what was really evident to me and, and shown in my time was that our God is loving. Our God is kind. And even though the world may not, our God is eager to extend a pardon to us, to give us a second chance, to forgive us. And not only that, but even to go further and give us everything that we need to succeed in the next text of hand. He wants to help. And that's exactly what he did for Moses. He says, Moses, that was the past. Yeah, it was rough, but that's in the past now. Let's focus on who I want you to be in the future. Moses just couldn't shake it. 
He couldn't get out of his head. He couldn't get past the feelings of mistrust for his own life, the doubt that he had in himself. And so his feelings of inadequacy, they then shifted. They no longer were focused on his past actions. It now became almost a refusal to really believe the reality of what God was calling him to. He refused to accept the reality of God's words. Take a look at this in Exodus chapter three, starting in verse six. It says, then he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perseites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. See, God's instructions to Moses were very direct and very personal. Moses found himself in this moment standing in front of a bush that was on fire, but it would not be consumed. Hearing this voice call out from the bush, personally addressing him by name, Moses, I am God. This is what I want you to do. Very direct and very personal, but Moses and Moses still didn't believe. Moses still struggled in this moment. Yeah, it's God, but why would he choose me? God doesn't know my problems. God doesn't really know what I've gone through. Well, it's then that God once again directly addresses Moses and he tells Moses four things about himself that should help him move past his feelings of inadequacy. And these four things I think are so important for us to understand this morning that when we feel inadequate, when we feel like we're not good enough, when our esteem's at an all-time low, remembering these four things about God can really help us get through it. The first one is this, that God has total knowledge. We see this in verse seven when he says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. God sees your troubles. He sees your pain. He knows all about them. We, on the other hand, we don't. We only know what's happening in this specific moment in time the right here, the right now. And what we feel in this moment is what overwhelms us because we don't know what tomorrow brings. But God does. God has total knowledge. And if God is still choosing to call you to fulfill his purpose, he must know something about our lives that we haven't seen yet. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. That gives me hope to hold on that God is still calling me despite my failures because he knows that I'm going to do something great. He's going to use me to do something great because he's got total knowledge. And not only does he have total knowledge, the second thing he reveals to us is that he has sympathy and pity for us. And we see that in the second part of verse seven, I have heard them crying and I'm concerned. God hears our cries. He hears our pain. He knows all about them and he wants to help. 
He's moved to compassion. He's moved in sympathy and he wants to intervene. Knowing that someone actually hears what we're going through, hears the root of our doubt and our trust, man, that goes a long way. Knowing that there's someone there who's listening, who's actually ready to do something about it. Which is the third thing we know about God that he reveals to us is that God promises to provide. He says, I have come down to rescue them. See, God is eager and he is able to provide for us, to help us in our time of need. And when we feel inadequate, what we need to remember is our God is not. Our God is more than adequate to handle anything that we may be facing in this life if we are willing to come to him because he's gonna be there for us. He wants to provide because he has total knowledge and he is concerned and he has sympathy for us. Which leads us to the fourth thing, which is that God tells us his purpose. And this is so cool. That's why he says, so now go, I am sending you, Moses. He gives Moses a purpose. See, the people of Israel, they were slaves. Their situation was terrible. And God says, I've heard them crying out. I've seen their pain. I know what they're going through, but I know where they could be. So I'm going to send somebody to rescue them. I'm going to send them help. And that person is you, Moses. Moses, I've chosen you. And he was direct and he was personal as he tells Moses. But Moses is like, I'm not good enough, God. God, there's no way you would want to use me. I'm a mess up. Even though God is speaking directly and personally to Moses, he can't see beyond his own doubt, his own lack of trust. Folks, when we have these feelings of inadequacy in our lives, I really do believe God is speaking that same word to us. He is speaking directly and personally to you and me. And what is it? I have seen your hurt. I know your pain. I'm coming to help. I'm going to give you a purpose. That's the promise that God is giving to us to help us hold on when we feel insecure, to help us hold on when we feel inadequate when life throws things that we're not ready for. And these are the same things he told to Moses, but Moses refused to believe. Moses just couldn't get past it. He says, well, that's great, God, but really, who are you? <laughs> like, why should I really believe all of this? This is when God smacks him upside that. No, I'm just kidding. This is when God speaks once again into his life and says, well, I'm gonna tell you three more things that you need to know about me. Just real quick, that you should, you should just know before we go any further. First is I'm all present. We learn that when he says, I am. See, the phrase I am translates into three different tenses. It's I was in the past, I am in the present, I will be in the future. He's saying, just as I have been there for you and everything that you've experienced so far in your life, I will continue to be there for you right now in your current struggle, and I will not leave you when you face them down the road. I am all present. But not only that, I never disappoint. We know that when he says, I'm the God of your forefathers, just as I helped your forefathers and their fathers before them, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to help the generations that come after you because I don't disappoint. Why? Because the third thing, I'm all powerful. We learn that when he says, I will bring you out of your misery. See, there is no situation there's no circumstance. There is no scenario that we could ever experience in life that our God cannot handle, that our God cannot overcome. And he is speaking this directly into Moses's life. And in this moment, Moses should be rejoicing, saying, yes, God, I'm on fire. Let's go. He just couldn't get past his self-doubt. He couldn't shake these feelings of inadequacy. He couldn't shake the lack of trust he had in his own life. 
and it consumed him. And he was in his head. And God's saying, no, Moses, I don't want that to be what you're focusing on. Moses is like, I can't get past my past failures. God, I, I just, it's all about these horrible things that I've done. You see, Moses became self-centered. And I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. That when God calls me to do something, a lot of times I get excited at first. I'm like, yes, God, this is exciting. Let's go for it. And I start to move, but then I hit a roadblock. Maybe I stumble a little bit. I'm like, okay, we can still do this. And then I hit another roadblock and another roadblock. And the, the walls keep getting bigger and bigger to a point where I'm saying, you know what? I can't do this. And I get in my head. And it becomes a me problem where I start focusing on my insecurities my failures, my doubt, my weaknesses, my lack of ability to do something rather than focusing on what God is calling me to do and who is calling me to do it. See, Moses knew exactly what this was for himself in that moment. Moses was an orphan. He probably thought, man, there's nobody who wants me. I was abandoned as a child. And then he gets adopted and he's like, hey, that's great, but I don't fit in here. I don't look like them. I don't talk like them. Yeah, they're trying to train me, but I will never be like them. I will never be one of them. And he raised up as a prince and he sees things happening in the land. He's like, I know that this is what I'm being told should be okay, but something is wrong inside of me. There must be something wrong with me that I see this hurt happening and nobody else is doing it. I'm the only one who feels compassion towards it. And so he acts and it cost him everything. And so now here we see Moses running for his life, finally sitting down, exhausted, tired, feeling overwhelmed, feeling inadequate, feeling like he's got no purpose. He's all alone. There's nothing to do in his life. But that's right when God calls him. He says, Moses, I have something for you to do. Moses is like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. Moses I want you to do something. No, God, I'm not gonna do it. Moses, you're going to do this. <laughs> he keeps calling Moses. But you see, Moses was comfortable in his failure. It was easier for Moses to live with the idea that he was a failure, that he was weak. So that way, when he failed, as inevitably he would do again, the pain wouldn't hurt as much. See, I can relate to that. A lot of times I get caught in my own head when I feel, you know what? It's easier for me to look negatively at myself because when I do mess up and I start hurting other people, that blow to me is a little bit less and I can just brush it off. Well, I'm a failure. I already know it. I've already come to terms with it. But God doesn't want us to live like that. God is calling Moses through that. He says, Moses, I have something important for you to do. And Moses, he's hearing this and he's like, you know what? I can't get out of this pain of my past experiences. God's trying to get me through it. God has now shown me who he was. So I, God, I'm just gonna make excuses now. And so Moses gives God five excuses to try to get out of doing what God has called him to do. And I love this part because as I read through these excuses, man, they look a lot at like how I try to excuse myself from doing what God's called me to do. Take a look at this. This is so crazy. Moses, he starts off by saying in verse 11, who am I, right? I'm not important enough to do this. Who am I? And then in verse 13, what should I tell them? In other words, I don't even have the right words to say. I wouldn't even know what to say. And then chapter four, verse 11, well, what if they don't believe me? In other words, if I were to do it, I doubt that I would even be successful because 
Verse 10, I am slow of speech and tongue. I'm not a good speaker. Surely you could find someone else. And I love it because at this point, the last one, Moses is desperate and you can hear it. Please God, send someone else. (laughs) That's what he's going. In other words, what he's saying is, I know that it must be done, but surely you could use somebody other than me. How many times have we said that to God? When we know God's calling us to do something. But you see, God once again speaks personally and directly towards Moses. And he answers every single one of Moses' excuses. I'm going to put a slide up on the screen. It's going to be very overwhelming. So just bear with me when you see it, right? When Moses says, who am I? God responds, I will be with you. Your worth is not found in things of this world. Your identity is found in me. I will be with you. When Moses says, what should I tell them? He says, you tell them God has sent you. That's going to give you authority. Well, what if they don't believe me? God asked Moses a simple question. What's in your hand? Moses is like a stick, a staff. God says, if you use that, I will turn it into something amazing. I will make it perform miracles in my name so people will believe that I have sent you. Well, I'm slow of speech. No problem. I'll help you speak. I'll teach you what to say. Please send someone else. (laughs) I'll send you help. I'm going to send your brother Aaron to help speak with you. See, every single time Moses tried to get out of it, because of his doubt, his lack of self-esteem, his inadequacy, God spoke to him personally and directly and said, it's not about you, it's about what I can do through you. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you're going to do something amazing in this life. Sooner you're going to do something that I have called you to do. Moses is just comfortable living in his doubt probably afraid that if he somehow messed up, it would ruin all of God's plans. But let me ask this question. Do we really believe we're that powerful? (laughs) I think we give ourselves way too much power in our own minds. That if we say that we choose to do the wrong thing or go the wrong course of action, somehow we're going to completely destroy God's plan for our lives, plan for the universe. Do we really think we have that kind of power? No. If God wants you to be somewhere, you're going to be somewhere. If God wants you to be someone, you're going to be someone. God's going to equip you and he's going to use you and he's going to do things through you regardless if we mess up or not. Because that's who our God is. Our God loves to use people who feel inadequate because he knows they're the people who are really going to start diving in once they connect to the vision and start to do things that are amazing. So Moses is done. He's out of excuses, right? He's got nowhere to go at this point. So he does. He gives in. He takes action and God uses him to change the world. And it's an amazing story as you continue to read through the book of Exodus. So what can we learn this morning from Moses? As we're talking about this series, hold on, we're talking about persevering and enduring through all these things. How can we really hold on to the purpose that God has called us for when we feel inadequate or when the world tries to beat us down and tell us we're not enough? What can we do? Well, I think there's three things we learned from Moses. The first one is this. We need to recognize what we're good at. Every single one of us in this room is good at something. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's working, building things with your hands. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's underwater basket weaving. Maybe it's collecting cats. I don't know. We're all good at something in our lives. And research has shown again and again that when we do things that we know that we're good at, there's a chemical reaction that builds up inside of us that boosts our morale. It makes us energized because we feel like we're contributing to something greater than ourselves. 
And so when we choose to do the things that we are good at, we start to break free from these feelings of insecurity. For Moses, this is what he did. Even though it doesn't look like it in this story, Moses was really good at taking action. Every single time he took action, God showed up in a big way. I mean, if you look through the book of Exodus, we see things like this. God tells Moses to go. Reluctantly, but finally, Moses goes and God performs miracles through him. God tells Moses to pick up the staff. Moses picks up the staff. God turns it into a snake and performs miracles. God tells Moses, use Aaron. Moses goes, he gets Aaron. And what happens? They end up persuading Pharaoh and the people are set free. God tells Moses to raise the staff above his head. Moses raised the staff and the Red Sea parts. God tells Moses to strike the rock. Moses strikes the rock and water pours forth out of the rock. You see, every single time Moses chose to act, God responded. God responded in a big way and took that one small action and turned it into something amazing. See, folks, we defeat feelings of weaknesses, feelings of inadequacy, low self-esteem when we choose to act. God knew this. That's why he told Moses, go. And that's why he tells you and me, go. For Moses, it was go, free my people. For us, it's go and make more and better disciples. That's what he's calling us to do. And I know that's terrifying because we all in our human nature, we want to feel equipped before we do something. We want to feel like we're prepared, that we're ready to take the task at hand. But this is where faith comes in, where God says, if you are willing to just go, I will be on the other side of it. I won't disappoint and I won't let you down, but you've got to be willing to go. So we need to start by recognizing what we're good at. Second thing we need to do is start to build positive relationships in our lives. Research has also shown that the more and more that we feel these feelings of insecurity and low self-esteem, a lot of it stems from the people we surround ourselves with, how they speak into our lives. And if you feel inadequate this morning, you need to take a good hard look at who you surround yourself every single day. Are they people who are speaking positivity, encouraging and investing in you, or seem to always tear you down and nitpick and critique every single thing that you do? See, when we start to surround ourselves with people who invest in us, it makes us feel better because we feel like we're a part of something. This is exactly what Moses did. He said, I'm going to build a relationship with God. My relationship with people of this world, they have just let me down again and again and again. So I'm going to choose to build in God. And he was honest. He was vulnerable. God, I'm a screw up. God, I'm a failure. God, I'm never going to amount to anything. God, I'm inadequate. He got vulnerable before God. And you know what God said? never once judged him, never once criticized him and said, Moses, it's okay because I'm going to be there with you. Let's walk through this together. See, God knew exactly what Moses was able to and what he wasn't able to handle. And the places where Moses couldn't handle it by himself, God always provided. Here's Aaron. Here's a staff. Here's a miracle. Here's a blessing. Here's my presence. Again and again and again, God showed up because he had that relationship with Moses. See, if we want to break these feelings of inadequacy, we need to invest in our relationship with God. We need to allow him to be speaking into our lives more than other people do. It brings us to the third point, which is to be kind to yourself. Probably one of the hardest ones to do. To be gentle to ourselves when we feel like being self-critical. We are our own worst enemies, right? We always like to nitpick at ourselves to feel like we are a failure, to get inside of our head. And even when we feel weak, even when we feel inadequate, God is saying, no, I've called you for more than this. I want to use you to do something amazing. 
something truly amazing. And if we learn to step out in faith, God is going to perform miracles through us. It's exactly what he did for Moses. God wanted Moses to be one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. And once Moses took action, man, he did. Miracle after miracle, God set his people free. And I know Moses, he doubted, he hesitated because not only was he in his own head, but he was focused on his own abilities. I can't do this. I don't have the power to do this. I'm not good enough. But God kept trying to redirect him and saying, you know what? It's not about you. It's about what I'm doing through you. When we choose to focus on the power of the one who's called us, man, nothing is impossible. But I know that it's difficult because we always look things first in life through our own human eyes. We see the bills stacking up without money to pay them. We see the demands of the job getting harder and not enough hours in the day to fulfill them. We see the burdens of family and relationship weighing down on us, but it doesn't seem like we have enough energy to invest in them all. But God is saying that if you truly align with me, if you allow me to invest in you, to build you up, man, there's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that's gonna hold you back. And I'm gonna do something good for you because I have called you for a purpose. And every single one of us, our purposes are different. Maybe it's to be a mechanic. Maybe it's to be a teacher. Maybe it's a builder. Maybe it's a stay-at-home mom or dad. Maybe it's a live stream operator. I don't know. But God has called each and every one of us for a purpose. But within that purpose, what we need to know is he's calling us for more. He says, whatever it is I've called you to do, all I ask is that you make my name known. See, he called Moses. Moses went and found himself before Pharaoh and Pharaoh rejected him, said, I don't believe this. I don't do this. But Moses boldly and confidently preached the truth of who God was. And even though that may have been scary, God was there to back him every single step of the way and nobody could stand against it. And his people were set free. Will we choose to have God at our back? God watching over us, God providing for us, there is nothing that we can do that the world can try to stop us from doing. But God is calling us and says, whatever it is that you do in this life, make my name known. And that's why he asked Moses a very simple question. And it's a question he's asking you and I this morning. It's if you're feeling inadequate, you feel like you've got low self-esteem, if you're feeling doubt or worry, you don't trust yourself, what is in your hand? What's in your hand? See, for Moses, this was a very weird question to be asked, right? It's like, it's a stick, it's a staff. And God's like, you may see it as a stick and a staff, but I see it as the most powerful weapon that you'll ever come in contact with. If you give it to me, I'm gonna perform miracle after miracle. People will believe in me by what you are choosing to give to me. God's asking you the same question this morning. What is it that's in your hand that you can use to make God known? in your workplaces, in your families, in your friendships, whatever it may be, in the middle of your inadequacy, what is it that you have that you can make the name of the Lord known through? Because if you choose to use it, man, God's gonna show up in such a big way. And he's gonna perform the greatest miracle you've ever seen in your life. I'm gonna ask the worship team to join me back up here on stage as we wrap this morning. You know, God sometimes He's not gonna act unless we're willing to take that first step to show him that we are serious about this, that we're ready to go all in, that we are able to move past our doubt, to move past our lack of trust, our feelings of inadequacy. He's gonna be there to answer our questions. He's gonna be there to work through it with us, but he needs us to take that first step. And that's what he's asking us to do this morning. And so as we enter into this time 
a response. I just want you to think about that. To think about what it is that maybe God's calling you to do this morning. How he's calling you to respond. If you're maybe tired of feeling inadequate, you're tired of this world controlling how you feel, everything that you do, you're tired of just feeling down in the dumps all the time, maybe it's time you accept Jesus. Maybe it's time you really bring Jesus into your life. Let his power speak more than words in you. Or maybe it's time if you already have accepted Jesus that you recommit. You say, God, I'm tired of feeling like I'm not enough. I'm ready to be filled by you. Maybe it's time to recommit. Or maybe it's time to verbally say, God, this is what I have this morning and I'm giving it to you. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do through it. See, folks, when we are willing to bring something before God, God can take it. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter how horrible it may be, how inadequate it may feel. He can take anything and turn it into something good. He can take even the worst of things and make it something beautiful. Because he can make us new. He can make all things new if we're willing to bring it before him, the surrender. So as we enter into this response song, we're going to give you opportunity to respond. Some of the pastors are going to be up here along the front of the stage. And if you just want prayer, if you're ready to defeat inadequacy, if you want to accept Jesus, if you want to recommit, we'd love to pray over you. We'd love to be there for you. And just speak the word of God into you this morning. And if not, I just ask as we go through this song that you just really reflect upon what it is that's in your hands that God wants to make beautiful, what he can use. Would you pray with me? Father, I know this world is so good at deceiving us. Father, so good at leading us astray, making us feel like we're not enough, Father, that we are inadequate. It's easy to get blinded by our own doubts, by our lack of trust, by ourselves, Father. But Father, I pray that you'd allow us to break free from that this morning. Father, I pray just every heart in this room, Father, that everybody watching online, Father, that they would just boldly and confidently this morning, Father, accept you as their Lord, as their personal Savior, Father, knowing that you are all-powerful. Father, that you don't disappoint, that you are all-present, Father, that you have total knowledge, that you promise to provide, that you've given us a purpose, that you've got this sympathy for us, Father, that you want to come alongside of us. Father, I pray that we accept that. Father, we grab a hold of the power that you have so freely given to us and watch as you change our lives for the better. And Father, I pray that we would just learn to surrender. Father, to give you our fears, our doubts, our worries, our lack of trust, Father, that we would just come and lay it at your feet this morning. Father, to say we're ready to be used by you. We're ready to do amazing things in your name. We're ready to be made beautiful in your sight. Father, I pray that we would respond this morning. I pray this in your name. Amen. So we would respond. I just want to invite you all to stand.